Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. All right, so listen, as, as the kids are leaving, just as I shared at the beginning, obviously we've been on this, this compass theme. Um, this is crucial for us just to be able to try and define and update for all of us uh, who call this home some of the key parts that are happening with us at the minute. Again, Rick and Phil are going to come up in, in a little while. Over the last couple of Sundays, particularly, Phil's been using a word around devotion. He shared about this. He had his, his uh, continuum that he had from 1 to 10 uh, up on the screen, just ranging around our devotion. And it all framed around from this passage in, um, in Acts 2, which we've been reading about, learning about the early church. In this one verse, in verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves, this is the early believers, the early church. Remember what Phil said, this isn't just an historical account to look back on and learn some history. This is what is teaching us about what is normal amongst us. And it said this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer they devoted themselves. This word fellowship which we've emboldened and underlined is just simply this word koinonia. We chatted about this when Alan Emerson was here. This was his favorite word to use uh, for, for many, many, many months and years. We, we chatted about this word koinonia. It's, it's a word that means fellowship. You know, it's much more than just simply a social gathering. Another way, actually, I think it's, it's referenced 20 times in New Testament, this word koinonia. And one of the other ways of understanding what the early church were devoting themselves to, another understanding of koinonia, is this. It's an active participation in the community. What the early church and the, together were devoting themselves to was that they were saying, we are going to be actively participating in all that this is. We're not going to just sit back and wait, but this word koinonia, what they devoted themselves to, what the Lord calls us as a church to gather is to be a people who would actively participate in all that God desires to do amongst us, to play our part. Before the guys come up, I want to just update on two ways in which we can actively participate together as a church. Some of the ways which we can press into this and then they'll flow off the back of this. Firstly, and I, I don't need to go into this again, but we've obviously chatted over the last while about our tithes and offerings again. But through our tithes and offerings, and again it's our encouragement um, that you would sow into the house in that way. But through our tithes and offerings as we actively participate in our giving unto the Lord, there's some of the things that we're able to do as a community in our giving away and our blessing of other people. So what I wanted to do was just firstly to update you. Let's just take five minutes on this. Here are some of the people through our active participation together, through our giving unto the Lord and into the house. Here's what we as a church community and as a family are giving and sowing into. It's important that you're aware of a few months back I shared about how we're doing that in a global sense. Some of our global mission partners that we're giving to regularly. And yet, in a local sense, there are some local ministries and organizations which we are giving on to. And I want you to be aware, and one new one at the end as well, just to update you on. So here's some of them as we go through. So firstly, as I said at the beginning, so this is on the Friday night. We have a 24-7 Ireland um, event happening here this Friday night. But 24-7 Ireland is one of the organizations which we support monthly 
Lucy Hill obviously leads this up um, about prayer, mission and justice, what God's doing here in Ireland. And so as a, as a church, we support them financially. We sow into this. Aspire, Mark Knox is here this morning and going to be uh, sharing about the work in Cara. Rick's going to be bringing him up in a little while. But Aspire is an incredible organization. I sit on the board. I have the privilege of being able to chair the organization. And Aspire do incredible things with children who live in poverty, trying to raise educational attainment. Um, Mark, if he was up here on the stage, could talk and fill this with stories uh, and updates about some of the amazing things that they're doing. As a church, we support them financially, monthly. Youth for Christ, Johnny, Johnny Matthews Butters, as many of us know him uh, better, he leads us up here in, in Craig Avon. There's Youth for Christ here in Craig Avon. We, we sow into this. We, we feed this monthly with some of the monies that come in. And then what we just organized for Davy uh, and Rosemary, just with CEF in Ireland, some of the incredible work. You see this in the middle about our giving, about what God's doing amongst young people here uh, in, in this nation in our locality as well, and some of the ways which are sowing into this, with obviously another organization, Reach, which we'll touch base on later on. One of the other ones as well we give to monthly is CAP. This is where we're just seeing just this incredible organization is helping people step out of debt, and uh, we, we sow into this monthly as well. Last slide, just around some of our missional partners. One of the ones which we, we started to sow into last year was around Mercy UK. Mercy UK is obviously about trying to help people live freely and fully. I, I lifted this off their website. It's an organization who resources the church with tools to help people thrive, to experience real freedom from the issues that hold them back, and to navigate life's challenges from the place of well-being and wholeness. Ariana, who was here, she came and spoke over a year ago. He heads up this organization, Work, who's one of our elders, sits on the board, the Mercy board. And Mercy is doing incredible work um, throughout the UK. And so monthly, through our active participation and our giving, we support this organization. Another organization which is close to us here at home is, is Lynx Counseling Service. Lynx, which was born out of this church, which began as a ministry in this church, was now sits as its own organization and is growing nine centers now. We've heard recently in, across Northern Ireland, thousands and thousands of hours of counseling, which is being released and people are availing of this service. We support Lynx monthly through some of our giving. And then some others, just to highlight as we go through, so Craig Avon Area Food Bank, again, people who are living in poverty and need help with their food provision, we support this incredible organization. Reach Mentoring, here they are, Reach Mentoring, who do an incredible work mentoring within schools, within young people here in a locality. Again, we support them financially. We pray for them. We, we see them actually, it was a blessing last week. We went to have a meeting in the prayer room, and the Reach guys were actually in our prayer room praying here in the space. They're an incredible organization. We support them through our active participation, through our giving. We support them monthly. And then last to David Legg, who has preached the word. David's an itinerant minister as a church organization. We support him through his preaching around the province and everything that he does. And finally, just one last organization, which we have just taken on this past year. We're starting to support, actually, just from this. We had a decision during the past year, but just supporting from this month is Naked Truth. Naked Truth Project is an organization that uh, addresses pornography issues 
um, not just within the church, but outside of the church as well, but actively opening and raising, raising the conversation at all age groups and at different backgrounds. Tim Parks, he comes here to our church, one of my great friends, one of my best mates, Tim. He heads up this organization uh, here in Northern Ireland. He's, he's the church um, network officer here in Northern Ireland. And so if you have any uh, questions about Necatruth, speak to Tim. He would love to ask you questions. But simply, it's just, it's just to inform you, <laughs> So listen, we send updates about these twice a year. You're getting emails about all of our global and local missional partners. There's PDFs with full highlights from each of them about prayer points, some of the ways you can actively pray for them. This is how we can participate with these organizations as well. But just so you know, through your giving, through your participation in terms of how we're sowing, here's some of the amazing ways which God is reaching and blessing different people uh, at the moment. And so thank you, just to make you aware, say thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're giving and your faithfulness within that. Last thing from me, just before Rick comes up, obviously it's not just through our giving, this word koinonia, our active participation isn't just through our giving, but through our serving. We're a church who loves one another. Jesus says, by this all people will know you are my disciples, that you love one another. And part of our love for one another is our sacrificial giving of ourselves to one another, of our serving and our help and support for one another. And so today, all we want to do, you have some sheets. Um, there's about three or four in each row. Some sheets with some serving opportunities. Um, Rick has put these out on the seats. There's some pens as well that if you want... You can fill some of these out as we go now. Can I please ask you, can you leave the pens in the seat for the next service? We don't have enough <laughs> for the next service to give these as a gift to you today, unfortunately. Um, but as we go through, just some of the serving opportunities, again, some of the ways we can actively participate in terms of what it is to continue just the life and the momentum amongst us, what God is doing. And here's four slides with some key points. And so firstly, within our kids' ministry, so... First two that you see on the screen here um, are Kingdom Kids and our Kingdom Tots. This is about Sundays, right? So in our Sunday mornings, here what we see, the kids have just gone out. Each of the weeks to see this continue to run and to see it continue to thrive and to grow, here's some of the different numbers that are needed within each of these different areas. And so for Kingdom Kids, they need two volunteers. They need 10 within Kingdom Tots and Kingdom Juniors. Just to say that you're going to be on a road one and six we're not asking you to go out of here every Sunday, but just once every six weeks, you could join in and be part of the team that help within this. And you see some of the, the information about it there as well. Tiny Tots runs on a Thursday morning. This space is completely cleared. It's set up for uh, mums and babies that come in from the community. It's an incredible space to be able to welcome and to be able to facilitate uh, some of our parents in the locality again and we need three people to join that team it's not just about in here we have a great team out in the kitchens welcoming people with hospitalities and different things as well so if you're free on a Thursday morning this could be an opportunity for you to do that as well and then on a Friday night question impact again from our community we open the doors we invite people to come in we welcome kids uh, within these ages to come and there you see that team is going to be more of a regular ongoing sort of team we're asking more of a more of a weekly commitment with that it's the same for our tiny tots the first two just one and six commitment on a Sunday when we get the youth there's no Sunday requirement at the minute our youth team is thriving on a Sunday apparently uh, which is great. So this is just during the week. If you are available in any of these, firstly, our, these are all on a Friday night. 
our detached youth work, which we are restructuring and just bringing a bit more of a fresh definition to it at the moment. On Friday evenings, this is going to be on a road basis, it's between half seven and half nine. We've created a space here where for some of our kids from, again, from our community, who maybe would struggle just to sit and listen to a sermon or to listen to what some of the guys are doing. We wanted to open the doors and create more of a, a space for some of our detached youth. We have a growing new team within that as well. And so if you're available, we need three people to be part of that. And then vital that happens on a Friday night as well. We need two people to join our team there. Two more slides before Rick comes up. Firstly, within our compassion ministry, here we have some of the needs within that. So we're a new clothing bank that happens on a Thursday. Um, we're, we need three people to join in with us on Thursday mornings that can help just to sort clothes and be part of the, the team that welcome people in to the building as well. This is on a Thursday morning between half nine and 11 o'clock. It's once a month that this is going to be happening. So it's, it's not a weekly commitment. We're asking you just once a month, if you're free on a Thursday morning, between half nine and 11, could you come and be part of what's happening in this Cafe Connect? If any of you have been in on a Wednesday morning, you know the incredible space that this is. It's weekly or bi-weekly. We're asking for a commitment for this. We need three people to be part of it. English lessons, we, I think we chatted about this last week or the week before. What an incredible um, ministry this is to people who have come in um, to our country, come into our, again, into our city area here, and people who just need just the skill of learning English, how we've been able to, able to open our doors. Maybe I need to learn a bit more English, I think. We've been able to open our doors and welcome people in, teach them, just and show them the love of God in this way. Barbara, Harold, Sylvia, you just do an incredible job just leading this up weekly. We would love three people, we need three people, both from a supporting and befriending side of things, or teachers as well to come in be part of this team and then finally pantry we need five people to join the pantry team obviously this is our our social supermarket where people come in they can avail of a shop for their family at a cheaper um, much more affordable um, level for them so we need five people to join them with that you see the times there wednesday half ten to one and tuesday half six to half eight final slide and this is our sunday ministry so for us for Sunday mornings, how this is able to keep growing strong within this. This is what we need. Sunday tea teams and our hospitality teams, we need four people to join our tea teams. Within our worship teams, you see some of the requirements and needs that are listed here on the screen. Practical serving, the guys who will help set up some of our different spaces, come in early, set up, help set up the kids' spaces, clear down some of the different areas. We need four people to join that team. And then on our welcome team, Stu and the guys who lead it do an incredible job within it. We need five people to join our welcome team. Imagine that you could be a, a friendly, smiling, welcoming face to people as they come into church. If you struggle smiling, we'd love you to practice doing it before you join the team, right? That's an important requirement. Um, but we would just love you to be part of just welcoming as people come in through our doors and welcome people as they come in. And as Rick comes, Rick, come on up. Again, let me just say this, this idea of koinonia. As we, as we actively participate, this should be a normal part of what it is to be part of church. And so this is why we're calling and we're asking you as our church, here you see the sheets again that are on your sheets. There's more of these at the back if you need one. Could you fill this out? Could you be part of actively participating together with us in what we're needing at this moment? And Rick's going to continue just on with some other ways you can do that. Super, thanks, Dave. There's lots of information um, to get through there this morning. Um, I'm not sure if you're like me, but sometimes I can be full of good intentions, okay? 
so the, I would say that the moment that this gets to your car, it'll probably become a good intention. Um, that you'll look at it and you'll go, oh, I maybe could. I could maybe do that one in six, or I could tick that box, or even that you're sitting this morning and you're feeling that the Lord is going, actually, this would be a good thing for you to be doing. And it gets into the car, and if you have a tidy car, it heads to the glove compartment. If you don't, it ends up on the floor, and it becomes a good intention. And one, we miss an opportunity to serve, and two, we miss an opportunity for connection. And if you're sitting about here this morning, you're sitting going, I just love... I would love it if some more new people came over and talked to me whenever I come in, or I would love to feel like I have a bit of more sense of belonging. Um, we talked about life groups last week. Life groups are really, really important. But you will probably find like a lot of the people that become your friends around here will be the people that you've went on team with and you've served and you've, you've been actively involved in the mission. Um, so we really just want to encourage you to do that. And you can go down to the connection but, um, point at the end if um, we have three or four in each um, seat. And it, ours is filled in with Zachariah already. So if that's happened to you with your kids, there's some more down at the back. Um, get, them, get them filled in. And we just want you to be part of this. We don't want participators. We, we want participators. We don't want people that are just looking on and being spectators. We want you to feel like this. you are making this mission happen. You are part of what God is doing in our community and in our church. Um, so we really want you to be involved. So we've highlighted... The, the needs at home, if that makes sense. These are, are the needs within our four walls. And what I'm going to switch us to are some of the needs that we have around the community um, of things that we, uh, things and people that we partner with and how you can get involved and get connected in with that. Um, you, um, if you've been about us any length of time, you maybe have heard the phrase missional um, community, but we're recognizing that we maybe haven't been great at it explaining what that means. Whenever we talk about it, we sort of go, oh, okay, and we've got our missional communities, and they're doing their thing, and isn't that wonderful, and isn't that great? But we haven't brought great clarity of going, what is it that we talk about whenever we're talking about missional community? Basically, we have some little outposts from our church here, and people who have felt a heart and a passion for either a particular geographical area or a group of people. And they have joined with some other people that are like-minded and like heart, and basically are said here, what, what if, or what could we do? They've maybe seen a need, they've seen a people, they've seen an opportunity for the kingdom of God to come in a place where it, it is not, a presence for his kingdom isn't established. So this sounds a little bit wordy on the screen. So maybe take a moment to read it, um, and then reread it. And for us, this is what we're saying a, a missional community is as part of our, our church. It's a small group of committed believers, okay? So people who follow after Jesus, and they've got a shared missional intention. So this is what makes it different from uh, a life group, okay? So you're a life group, and you're coming together. You're supporting and encouraging each other. We're discipling each other in our faith. And then we're all spreading out wherever, everyone, every day, everywhere, wherever we're called to be. Okay? The difference between the missional community is that you're doing a shared intentional mission. So there's a group of people or there's an area that you're going, God has put it on my heart to try and reach these people. And we're going to join in. And it usually involves some form of, of rhythms of prayer and of engagement with the community. So it's a shared missional intention. 
um, for a particular area or people group. And I'm going to mention some of the ones that we have operating that you'll have heard of. Um, I'd also like to say, if, if you're sitting going, actually, there's just an area or there's a group of people that I feel like God is, is beginning to break my, my heart for, then come and come and talk to us. Um, Nathan and Louise, who are here, um, have been um, prayer walking around Bam Bridge over these last few months because God's just going. This, uh, Louise works over that direction with, with Rach, and God's doing something, and they're prayer walking around, and they're just opening their hearts to say, God, what are you doing? Um, I'm going to mention our Revival Fire Nights, which is where we spread out around the community, and we're going to be doing one of those in Bam Bridge just to be going, God, what are you, what are you doing here? There's great work that's happened in J29 with Neil and Sarah Adair. And we're going, what, what are you doing, God? What are you doing? So these are, the, these are the sort of explorations that we go on that sometimes result in having a little bit of a missional community. Here's what we have at the moment, okay? We're going to bring these guys up and pray for them. Um, we've, we've one in Mournview, and we've Rua in Warrenstown, and we have Shalom in, in North Lurgan. Um, Mournview and um, William Farah have been establishing this one. Um, we have Rua, which is the Binghams, have been serving faithfully six, six years, isn't that right? To the day is whenever they first met as a missional community. Six years ago till, till today, they were sent out as a missional community into into Warrenstown. And then we have Shalom. Obviously, you'll know Shelley and Francis who've been down um, in the Lucan Centre. And a, a community has established with lots of different forms of outreach. It's lovely to see some of the guys here, Christina and Deborah, see your smelly faces, I see some others whenever we've been down at the Revival Fires that, that gather in Shalom. And here's what, what we want to show you is how can you support these these really strategic and important outposts of the kingdom, okay? How can you um, support them? Um, so there's ways that actually all of us, we're encouraging the whole church family just to get involved in. And basically, we've revival fires. It's twice a year. It's on the night of our prayer meeting. And we spread out across the city. And we say, instead of all being joined in one location praying, we're going to put feet to our prayers and head out to each of these locations, okay? So that's what's Revival Fires. And we're saying as a church family, for all of us, we would love us to be active on those nights and turn up, be a presence, and pray our best prayers over these communities. So we've one of those coming up on the 22nd of November. We also have those opportunities where as a church we go, here, let's Let's all get out on the same day and serve God and we've the big church serves that are happening. And we're going to be a bit more correlated in how we do those with the missional communities. So in the church family, you could be going, over this year, I'm going to commit to being at Revival Fires for this community. And I'm also going to turn up at any of the opportunities that we as a church are getting out through the doors to serve. And almost for us, we're saying... like. That, that's the first step. That's the first rung of the ladder, okay? Let's just be present in these couple of times in the year as part of, because sometimes we're, we're part of a large church family. It's, it's easy to lose responsibility for the community because there's so many departments that are taking the lead and charge and things. We have a compassion ministry, so actually we can just signpost everyone over that direction. But we need to be turning up into the reality of people's worlds and lives 
and being incarnational, which is what Jesus has showed us. So these are our opportunities, okay? If you wanted to go a step further, okay, um, we are saying, okay, so hear us really clearly. Like you've seen the list of numbers that we, that we need for making everything that's happening here going on. Like we, we need people to sign up. We need people to tick the boxes. But what we're saying is that in each of our missional communities, it is a, it's a really legitimate form of service. Like we would be thrilled if you were saying, actually, uh, um, now our kids, our youth, our compassion team might uh, not be very happy with me. But we're saying, actually, I'm going to serve here. You know, it would be really easy to say that and then not turn up, you know. But you're going, I'm going to actually commit in to serve in one of these areas over this year and hopefully for longer. Here on the screen, you can see different things that are happening. There's Open Door Cafe, which is every Wednesday. This is Mornview, okay? Um, every Wednesday that you can be coming into. There's a youth club that's happening every Thursday. There's an adult drop-in the last Friday of each month. And there's prayer and connection, which is going to be happening on the first Sunday of the month in William Farrell's house at 3 p.m. Okay? These are access points into this community and being part of what's happening. Okay? You can turn up and just serve in one of these and support them and cheer them on. Okay? We're not saying you have to leave Lurgan to go over and be part of this. We're saying, actually, as part of your service here, get involved here, and who knows what might grow. Okay? We've Rua. Um, so with Ian and Jennifer, they meet each Sunday from what, 10 till 1, and there's even food included on it. So you can be getting involved in that. There is prayer meeting that's happening bi-weekly on a Tuesday night. And then also there's lots of food being involved here. So there is, um, there's Christmas parties, there's pancake parties, there's barbecues. They just basically are bringing in people around the community. Dave and I um, got to, to sit with Ian and Jennifer and this is a beautiful little small community of people. But they're turning up in the extremes of brokenness. In the extremes of brokenness and sitting with people. And through their addictions, through um, grief and sorrow, and getting behind the veneer where it feels like everything's okay and we're all sorted. And you get behind the veneer and you scratch the surface and you recognize there's massive need there. So if you can get along and support or be committed into any of these, we really encourage that. And we also have Shalom, okay? Um, shalom is a remarkable outpost with the most wonderful people that have been serving faithfully. And God has done and is doing amazing things in this place. There's a row here that are in, in the middle of the church that are holding all of this um, together faithfully and powerfully. There are people from our church that have been a continual presence. And we could just do with some more people putting their shoulder into it and getting involved and getting connected in. There is um, fellowship Bible study um, at Sunday at 4 p.m. This is down. Shalom has its own building. It's, it's amazing. Like in Victoria Street, in North Lurgan, there is this beautiful outpost of the kingdom and they're gathering here each Sunday at four. And um, there's a drop-in every Monday morning. There's Bible study every Wednesday. There's prayer every Wednesday evening. And there's a, a, basically a bread run, distributing bread as a form of outreach, probably around five o'clock each Saturday. Amazing opportunities to get involved in. And we're not saying you have to go to all of these things, even if you could turn up and go to one of them and say, over this year I'm committing in 
to, to being present in one of these would be really, you, you do not understand the, the level of, of, of feeling connection when people turn up and be present in what you're doing. So, and the level of encouragement that that would bring. So that's um, Shalom. I'm going to, um, I'm actually going to bring Mark up and we're going to pray for them then all together at the end. Mark, where are you? Sorry, I've changed the schedule slightly. Um, Cara is a, a, our little church plant in, in Craigavon. Um, that Mark will give you a little bit of a summary of what's going. Again, beautiful things happening of, of just continual faithful presence and of what God does whenever we're willing to, to turn up. And these places and things aren't easy. Um, and we want to get alongside um, um, Mark and Johnny, who you heard mentioned from YFC, who, who led. For those of you who don't, I'm going to introduce you through your wife. For those of you who don't, or maybe newer about here, don't know Mark, his wife Heather um, was our kids pastor for lots of years, up until about a year ago as well. So these guys are really well connected in amongst us. And give us a bit of an update, Mark, of what's happening. Super. Can I set my phone over here? Because everybody knows how nervous I am about how much my phone's shaking. Also, you are wild coming at half nine. You have a half eleven option, has no one told you? This is so crazy to me. And also, see this like sign-up thing? If you ever come along the car, you're just signing up. And we've had people there on their first time, and I'm like, do you want to do PowerPoint? No, you are. <laughs> ever heard of Easy Worship? It's easy. Off you go. Um, but yeah, sorry, we were... <laughs> I wasn't meant to say that. We were um, sent from uh, Emmanuel about seven years ago um, now. Um, and uh, I like to think of us as Emmanuel's weird cousins in Kurgavan. Um <laughs> It's, it's, you know, when you meet someone who doesn't understand this stuff, though, and they go, like, are you still going to Emmanuel? And then you say, no, but we haven't fallen out, because that's what people are kind of um, thinking. But we are um, out there in Ardoan. If you don't know where that is, if you know where Brownlow School is, that you know where there's a roundabout, you go, if you're coming from Lurgan, you go right to go to Brownlow, go left instead, keep going. There's a play park at the play park, big black building, and that is us. Um, so uh, Rick was showing the sort of, like, terminology of missional community. Um, we have struggled with words to explain things for a long time. And now I simply describe Cara as a church for people who don't go to church. And that's kind of the best way that I explain it to young people and the other people. Because they're like, what is this? I'm like, it's kind of like a church for people who don't go to church. Um, next thing, they're in church. And our church vision is Jesus at the center. And what we're trying to do in Kirkabin is we're a community trying to together recognize that the divine is everywhere if we just tune in. That God is everywhere among the broken places in Kirkavon if we just tune in. And then we try and put flesh and blood to the words and the way of Jesus in Kirkavon. Does that make sense? That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to turn up and recognize that actually, we, we probably when we went, we thought that we were going to go to the margins and bring Jesus there. But when we got to the margins, we found that he was already there. We learned more from other people than they probably learned from us. And that's kind of how things have worked. But a week at Cara, um, on a Sunday, um, there's normally, like, there, there could be four of us, right? There's normally around 25 of us. I told my friend from work that there's about 25 of us, and she came down, and there was two of us. And her and her, her, and her sister made it four, and suddenly the microphone felt silly. Um, but um, there, is, there is normally around 20 of us, 25 of us, and we've been studying the book of Matthew for the past two years. Um, on a Sunday, we all kind of sit in a circle. We'll have a space where people share good news stories. We worship together, um, and it's just a really informal church service. And this group then also made up in our weekly day group, similar to life groups that you were talking about last week. Um, every other Wednesday, we have prayer. We do it the same Wednesday Emmanuel do, which makes revival fires easier that we already out that night. Um, we pray at like half six to half seven. Um, we are now doing that in a 
house, um, like Ross and Rebecca, who come to car, were meeting at their house, because um, it was quite a small group, and a bit demoralizing praying the four years in the, in the church. Um, so we're meeting at a house, it's going to be nice, it's going to be tea and coffee, you can turn up, you're invited. Um, on a Thursday, we have Thursday Club, it is like the highlight of the week at Cara, there's about 25 kids, every single kid lives in the estate in Ardoan, um, and most kids who live in Ardoan have went or do go to our kids club, um, so it is, it's unbelievable. Um, the only problem is we really, really need leaders, okay? So as long as you're not an absolute nut job, we would love you to come and be a leader there as well. Um, we've got loads of young leaders, but then they actually are like under 18, so it's just like more children, does that make sense? Um, and it's, um, it's led by me and Matty Turner, and that's just, I don't know how we ended up doing that. Um, and then on a Friday night, we have Shift, and Shift is, it is the real highlight of my week. I come in on Friday night, just proper giddy with Heather. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I was at McDonald's <laughs> with a lot of 17-year-olds. But there's about 25 to 30 young people from all different backgrounds. When you walk into the room, there's kids there from a Catholic background, kids from a Protestant background. There's a large group from the traveling community. The kids are coming from Lurgan, from Portadown, from Craigavon, from Akagallon, from Moira. Um, and I hope the ones in Lurgan and Portadown never find out about Emmanuel or they won't keep coming. I actually pick up a fellow who lives in Castle Lane and I drive really, really quick. He's like, what's that building? Don't you worry about it. Um, and uh, for, uh, there was shared Aspire earlier and I'm not talking about that, but Aspire has been like a great like gateway for a lot of these kids where I meet them, share a bit of faith and they go, can I come to church? And I say, absolutely. So, all that is to say that in around a week, there's about 70 people who are connected to what we're doing. Um, they're not all there on a Sunday, but it's about 70 people that we're weekly turning up with and trying to put Jesus at the center. So there's just three levels of commitment I'd love you to consider, and then I'll stop, because Rick said three minutes, and I've went on for at least four. Um, so the first one is, could you pray for us? Like, could you be praying for what we're doing? It is, it is tough as well. Church for people who don't go to church sounds cool, but people who've never been to church, it's like, it's complicated, it's messy, you haven't to over-explain things, you're finding out you're not explaining things well, there's just like, it's, it's hard work at times. So if you can be praying for us, um, if you want to show up, um, like there's those different ways that you can serve that Rick was saying is a viable serving option if you're here in Emmanuel, especially at Thursday Club, if anyone would be free to help out with the kids. Turn up any Sunday as well, come and see us, if you slept in for the half nine. Um, and uh, Revival Fire's coming up. Um, record ready medicine but revival fires is so good for us like we really 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 value having a room full of people and also it gives like like touch points of who people are like when i talk about phil if someone goes who's phil i'll go do you remember the boy that prayed for brian and everyone goes yeah i know phil now um so like it's really really good for us to explain who you guys are because for the people who've never been around Emmanuel, when we're talking about our Emmanuel family, it can seem like it's just the leader's family, it's not theirs. So when we join together, they go, ah, I'm part of this family, part of this wider thing. And the last one, big one, um, consider, would you wanna move? Would you wanna move um, and come and join what we're doing? Maybe um, Cara could be a place that you could come and serve. Maybe Cara could serve you. Pete Portal said this thing I love, God's way of saving humanity was to move towards danger violence, injustice, and poverty. And if we spend our life moving in the opposite direction to Jesus, towards ease and comfort, can we really say we are following him? And I have a feeling that for some people in the room, you maybe feel like your life's got too safe and your fence has got too high, and the people that you wanna show kindness and compassion to maybe seem a little bit further away um, from you than you would want. And I dare you to ask God today, should I go out and join Cara? Should I go out and join in what's going on in Kurgavan? And actually, this could be an opportunity for you to find life um, because you know that you can trust God. So the challenge is just to ask him if you trust him. Super. Thanks, Rick. That's brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. We're going to pray for you. Stay here. Stay. Um,
You also get to experience that comedy genius every week. So you do. It's amazing. Um, we're going to pray for, for Cara, actually. You can jump down onto the floor. Uh, any of the missional communities, people that are connected in with them, can you just come up to the front? And then we're just going to get messy again and let people come and pray for you as well. So please move. Missional communities, if you move so that people know you, so stand and walk up here. Yeah. Here we have the wonderful Binghams from Warrenstown. We've got um, Willie. We've got the Shalom guys are coming up, and we're just going to gather around and pray for them now. So as you come up, let's gather around. Super. Okay, so you're seeing some of the faces. Here's, here's the, the Shalom crew, the Morningview crew, Rua. Cara. And can we now move around them? Okay, remember, no special privileges. If you're part of us, just get up, move, come stand with them, pray with them. Let's all stand together. And as we're standing, some people dare to get out of the island, come up here. Come on, and let's pray for them. Let's all stand. Let me pray. Please feel free to move up and stand with these guys. Um, get chatting to them afterwards if you're thinking, oh, I could get, a, I could get involved in that. I could con- connect in, could support in some way. God, we just say thank you for these people that have said yes to you. God, we say thank you for faithful service when it's difficult and hard. God, thank you for what you have done in their lives. Thank you for even the resilience that you've built into them. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are their strength. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are more than enough as you flow through them and you minister into these communities. So God, we pray for each of these places, God. God, we pray over Shalom. We say, God, thank you for the work that you have established there. We pray a guard and a protection over it, of this community, that it will flourish. We pray that people will stand with them and get around them for everything that you're establishing, God. God, we pray over Mournview and everything that you're doing in this place. We pray the hand of God to be moving mightily and powerfully, to be breaking down barriers. God, as there's a fresh envision of what you're establishing, God, may it have the flow of the Holy Spirit all over it. May it be established by you. God, we pray for um, everything that's happening in Rua. God, we pray for these guys, for the community that um, just so gently and quietly they're just supporting and standing alongside. And we say, God, would you be everything that they need? everything that they need. And God, we pray over Cara. We pray for Mark and Johnny and for all the guys that helped to lead there. And we say, God, would you put your hand upon them? God, for the the lives and the people that you've gathered around them, God, would you come and would you be establishing your kingdom? We pray, God, for the deep work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of people that are gathered around each one of these communities. We say, God, would you build your church? And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's so good, isn't it? Um, 
Would somebody do me a wee favor and check with the kids team? Just I, Can you give me 10 minutes? I just need 10 minutes, and then we do communion. But I just think it's really important to undergird this with a word. So if somebody would check that that's okay. If it's not okay, I will stop immediately and do communion. All right? And you can bring them in, yes. But uh, literally only 10 minutes. But just think it's really important. We have so much stuff over the month of September. We have so much to get through. Um, and uh, we, we realize that there's lots of information, but it's so, so important. Like the information this morning, put, put your hand up, put your hand up if you haven't heard all of that before. Put your hand up. Oh, that's amazing. So that makes it really worthwhile, really important, all right? Now, um, when, when, it comes to the, when it comes to the early church, we've been basing this all around the Acts of the Apostles, and it's really important because... Um, the, the, the early church had this stuff to deal with. The early church had growth. And growth is really, really important. As the church was born in Acts chapter 2, we know that the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2 um, according to what Joel the prophet had prophesied in around 800 years before. Now, if you're a theologian, you'll know that Joel is one of those little chapters or little um, books in the Bible that's really, really hard to figure out where he, he comes in timeline because he doesn't mention any kings that ruled in that day. And it's probably because a priest was um, looking after the, 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 the country at that time because King Josiah wasn't of the age to do it and there was probably no king in service. So most theologians reckon it was in around that period of time, um, around 800 years BC. And Joel prophesied that the Holy Spirit would come and he would pour out in all flesh and they would pour out on our sons and our daughters, male and female, um, Jew and Gentile. It would be poured out upon everybody. That was, um, of course, 2,000 years ago. And, of course, we know that what happened there, that the people um, began to receive the message. And it tells us that 3,000 people got added to the church in one day. Actually, not just saved, but baptized. I often think that about our wee baptism tank. There'd be no water left in it. Um, but uh, Peter, and then when you go to chapter 4 of um, Acts of the Apostles, you have Peter and John going up to the temple to pray. Who all learned the song, Peter and John went to pray. They met a blind man on the way. There we go. So um, that's Acts chapter 4. And um, they're seeing signs and wonders. People are getting healed with Peter's shadow. This is a pretty cool time. The church is growing. Then we come to um, into Acts 4 again. And we have people um, beginning to hear this message that Peter and John are praying. And then around 5,000 men give their life to Jesus. So Acts 2 with 3,000 people. Here we've got... Is telling us 5,000 men come to Christ. Now, if you work that on a two by two or two plus two basis, that's in around 20,000 people, maybe plus. All right? Um, uh, things are beginning to happen. There are prayer meetings. The Holy Spirit's turning up and the rooms are shaking when they're praying. It's a pretty cool moment, isn't it? They prayed. The place where they assembled was shaking and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak the word of God boldly. Now we can throw this, as Dave said earlier, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, we can throw this into a history book. We can say, well, this is just all the birth of the church. No, no, no. This is the normative practice. This is what was supposed to happen. This is supposed to happen today, not just then. So there's more about this. In Acts 5, we have Ananias and Sapphira. For those of you who know the story of them, they lied about money. They sold their farm and they sold all their things. And they come and they let on. They were given all the money to the church, but they held some back. 
and uh, they were accused of lying to the Holy Spirit, and as a result, they lost their lives. And it tells us that what happened when that happened, great fear came upon the church. And fear, reverential fear of God is a good thing. I think our society has lost it. I think churches in general have lost a reverential fear of God, a fear of God that makes you say, I'm not doing that because I fear my Father. I fear where I stand in that. And so what happened was, when this fear hit the church, actually, um, this reverential fear started to bring growth again. It started, believers were added, the Lord, things were growing, things were happening. It's really, really powerful. It says believers were added to the Lord in increasing numbers, multitudes of both men and women. So you see what's happening. So in around five years since the birth of the church, when you come to Acts 5, Acts 6, you're in around five years into church growth. It has grown at a phenomenal rate, unbelievable really, and, um, and God is at work himself, all right? And so the book of Acts understands church growth as the work of God himself, transpiring within the, the mystery of what I seem to think sometimes when I read the book of Acts is like God's supernatural sovereign superintendence. So he's this sort of sovereign superintendent of history. And it's beautiful. And remember, this is still the church in Jerusalem. This is still one church. All right? Um, now, next week we're going to jump to Acts 13 and we're going to see how the church began to span out. Um, but historians tell us that the church could be 50,000 members plus within five years of its growth. Some go as far as 100,000. And though these believers had come from varying backgrounds, different nations, economic status, Jewish sex, etc., they were of one heart, they were one soul, they were one mind, and they were united in their understanding of the gospel and in their passion for it. And um, in this regard, the mother congregation of Christendom, which was the Jerusalem church, serves as a model for all time. I imagine... I imagine by this time they have loads of missional communities. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that. It tells us that in Acts 2, that um, they went about... Um, I will, no, that's, that's Isaiah 37. Sorry. Um, Acts 2 tells us that, that they were all together. All who believed were all together. They were selling their possessions, belongings, and day by day they were attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. So there was missional communities everywhere. This was happening. And, 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 and so this shining example of all congregations were that they were devoting themselves to something that was bigger than themselves, devoting themselves to something so powerful. And so what happens was there one mind, one faith, one spirit giving them that true peace. And so when it comes to Acts 6, what's happening? The church has grown such a, um, by a, a large place. Um, multitudes everywhere, the apostles, the, uh, if you read the story, you'll find people were getting food that shouldn't be getting food, people that were, shouldn't be getting, uh, that needed food, weren't getting it, no, no, and it was just chaos. And the disciples, the apostles said, guys, it's not, it's not good that we wait on tables. This needs done, and it needs done really well. That's what we often call the horizontal um, needs done really, really well. And so we need to find spirit-filled people to tick these boxes, to fulfill these roles, to go and spread the good news. But somebody in each of these places are going to have to give themselves to the word and to prayer. 
In the fivefold ministry, three of them are quite horizontal, but two of them are vertical. And that's the word in prayer. And so when you read passages like 1 Corinthians 12, at the end of it, it tells it that, that, that God gave to the church first apostles, then prophets, and then the workings of ministries and healings. And so they needed to give themselves because what was happening, the word of God had increased, all right, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests were obedient to the faith. Now, the apostles had a job in hand. Because what they were doing, they were trying to look after a family and they were trying to look after a mission. They were trying to look after, they were trying to keep it going and stay as a family, but, but look at it as a mission. And basically what they were doing, they were, they were looking after something that was expanding and establishing. And those two words are like an oxymoron. Because you think if you're going to establish something, then it doesn't expand. Or if you're going to establish something, and they had to, they had to, they had this balance of establishing a family while it was expanding. Now, this is always a tension. Because people will say to this day, people will say to me, I've been about manual a long time, but I really liked it when it was smaller. And I get that. I get that because Mark talked about that, about safe. And, um, and, and here's the thing, healthy cells grow. Actually, not only do healthy cells grow, healthy cells multiply. All right? And so the tension of a family and mission was the order of the day here, and it should be the order of the day here. It should be as important for us now as we, as we figure out how do we, how do we establish this as a home and a family, and how do, we, how do the guys in Cara establish it as a home while they see it expand and grow? How does Shalom how, do, how, how does Rua, how do they, how do they do this? How do they, how did Mournview, how do they establish something as a work and see it expand and grow? Because that's the way it ought to work. And, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. All right? And I'm going to tell you it very, very quickly. It's called the Great Commission. I spoke on this in Cara. I still remember it. Because it's, it's, in a way, it's not really rocket science. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All right? This is Jesus saying, it's been given to me. I have, I'm holding the keys. I have the authority of it all. Now I'm delegating it. And I'm saying, now go you. And he delegates the authority to the early church. And he says, now go. Make disciples of all nations. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And by the way, I'll be with you all the way. It's pretty cool. So the guys are going to come, and the worship team's going to come. We're going to remember the Lord. And the guys are going to come to the tables, and I'm going to pray. Because what they did, what we're going to do, is what the early church did. And this is why we've kept communion to the end to, 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 to have as a response. Because they centered everything around Jesus. So, Johnny, would you come? All of it around Jesus. As we come to these tables, we do this every week. And we don't want you to become familiar with it because it's just a piece of bread. It's just a piece of cracker. And it's a little cup of juice. They're the simplest things in the world. I love that God allows us to remember the greatest thing and the greatest person who ever lived by the simplest things in the world. Every, the poorest house would have them. A piece of cracker and a, and a, and a, and a little bit of juice. And, and it actually doesn't even really matter what's in the cup. Because it's about the cup. 
And I know people talk about wine because it's out of the vine and all of that. But it doesn't actually really matter. I broke bread in Ukraine with people with water. Because when Jesus talks about the cup, he talks about draining the cup. The outpouring of the cup. All right? So it's insignificant what's in it, really. And, um, and so this idea that we come to take the, the bread and the cup today, we remind ourselves of the bread, that, that the body of, of Jesus Christ broken. This is, why, this is why Acts is not just a history book. This centered, it's, it's, it's given us a mandate for all time. It's given us the normative practices of how to, how to, how to establish a family and expand to all nations. How do we, how do we, this is, and this is key. And the table is key to this because we keep, we, we, all the information we've given you this morning, what we're doing is now we're saying, we're pulling all the Dave and Rick and I have shared you and we're pulling it all back in to the central theme of Christ and the cross all around Jesus. And that's how the early church grew. They kept him the center. They kept him the focus. They kept him the theme. They kept him being the one they talk about. They kept Jesus first and foremost amongst all. So, as we come to remember the Lord this morning, um, I'd love us just to focus on that little piece of bread that reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken and bruised, put to shame for us. That little cup, as you empty it, it's a significant act of how Jesus emptied something for you. He emptied the cup completely. He poured out his life's blood. He shed it all for you on the cross. It's pretty powerful. So maybe the guys would come. And I'd love you to start moving. All right? Um, just two tables at the front, two tables at the back. And uh, let's start coming. And I'm going to pray as you come. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for how you're helping us to establish and expand. Thank you, God, that all of this is based around who you are. And so we just say thank you as the people move towards the tables now. We just say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood that you shed. Thank you for... That body of yours that um, Isaiah 52 reminds us was more marred than any man's and his visage more than any other person. Thank you that um, the psalmist in 22 could remind us, prophetically speaking, the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. Remember how they plucked the hair from the beard, pulling pieces of flesh from your face. We remind how they blindfolded Jesus and punched him and said, if you really are Jesus, prophesy to us who, who it is that slaps you or punches you. Crown of thorns pressed and pushed into his brow this is what we remember as we come around the tables this morning so God lead us we pray help us to focus our hearts 
Help us not just to play it safe and stay comfortable, but help us to move out knowing that you are the one who give all. And Paul reminded us when he wrote to the Church of Rome, he said, give your bodies as a living sacrifice because it's your reasonable service. Come, Lord Jesus, we pray this morning. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.